Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Welcome back, Chris. Happy Monday. Yes, it is a happy Monday. A happy, happy Monday. And why is that? Well, you you go ahead. Let the, let, let the listeners know. All right. So we are welcoming uh, one of the Wrath of Khan Minute listeners, Jonathan Carlisle. Hello. Welcome, welcome board. It's great yes. to be here. It's great to have you. And today is an extra special day because it is Jonathan's birthday. So a yes. happy birthday from Rathacon Minute. Thank you very much. That was completely unexpected, and I could not believe when I started looking at the time frame of how it was all going to work out. <laughs> oh, no, no. We totally planned this, Jonathan. We've oh, been yeah. Stalking, we've been stalking you. and <laughs> Whose birthday is around the time of minute number 79? Yeah, I need to uh, start making things private, I think. <laughs> Well, happy birthday. Thank you. So we are talking about Minute 79 today. Uh, minute 79 starts with Kirk, Spock, and Savick heading to the bridge and ends a minute later with Savick saying, all that static discharge and gas. Hmm. Gas. Um, my first just note as we were, you know, as, as, they're, as they're walking back down the hall, right, they've, they've, they've uh, beamed back up uh, to the Enterprise. They've escaped the Genesis cave. Um, it was really about the music. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So, I, th I think these three minutes are totally about awesome music. Oh, absolutely. You, you just checked off one of my notes there. Is that a penny whistle that we're hearing? Like this little high pitched? I don't know if that was a flute or what, but it's it's got a very very naval quality to it. At the beginning, when they're running down the hallway. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the instrument, but I I. I, that part of it, I was thinking, uh, it's a, I looked it up. It's the same year that E.T. came out. It's different people, obviously, but that little tiny part of the music just sounded very E.T.-ish to me. Ooh, good call. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch E.T. again. I know, seriously. I think these three minutes coming up are uh, some of my favorites, just for the music and some of the lines that come out of these. So this is the start of some really good minutes. Oh yeah, I, lo I love the music. It's 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 crazy because it's uh, it's it's going constantly, but even just in the one minute, it changes so many times. Oh, yeah, just the tone changes from so they're running down the hall, and you know we still have that that the Enterprise music, you know, the really, and then all of a sudden as we're moving up the planet, slowly but surely that minute that that music changes, and that is Khan's music. Fabulous. Yeah, that, that's a great shot. Yeah, all that build up and then. What do we call it? Con's theme? Yeah, Con's theme. <laughs> All the horns and the drumsticks and yeah. Um, but getting back to the beginning, uh, uh, working our way back there, you know, Kirk approaches the turbo lift and uh, nothing happens and uh, Spock's like, they're inoperative. Um, and Kirk's like, well, what is working around here? <laughs> what do you guys like, do up here while I was in the planet? Yeah, isn't that a bit of a jerk question? <laughs> for? <laughs> I had a question about that, where he says that they don't what, they don't work below C deck. Is that what he says? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what would besides damage? What would make them not work below C deck? Just oh. low power. They only work, but they only work in certain areas. I mean, my my guess would be that because they only they as Box says we only have partial main power. My guess is that they're probably rerouting systems to like the shields and to the phasers and. Uh, you know, probably certain areas they probably have 
no people in so that they don't even have to have life support on. That that would be my guess. Okay. So they're not working below C deck because there's basically nobody there. Probably. It doesn't seem like anyone's there. I mean, there's no sure. one running around. Sure. Yeah. You know what, though? I think Jonathan's got to, got to, he's on, he's on to something because they're inoperative below C deck. So if you got in one on the bridge, would it only go down as far as C deck and then stop? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. I guess that's what I'm. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, hmm, maybe they just, uh, I don't, Hey, I wasn't in the planning meeting for the Enterprise, so I wasn't I wasn't there when the construction happened. But I would have to guess that they have to be able to segregate deck by deck uh, power. Sure. You, you know, what if something happens on that particular deck, and they're like, "Shut that deck down." You know, we need you know static discharge or something. It would be. I guess it would be funnier if Kirk actually asked the same question Jonathan did. <laughs> well, why aren't they working? Below yeah, why aren't they working? Instead of, instead of running down the hall, they just stop for a minute and have this chat. Exactly. This exact conversation. Well, yeah. come on. Um, but yeah, so I just thought my, my, you know, my, that's Kurt's at, kind of a jerk, right? He's, he's, he's been able to the power back. It's been two hours. They've got, you know, they've got partial main power back, right? That's box responses. Uh, and Kirk's like, that's it. <laughs> so he's got two things in a row where he's like, what the heck have you been doing since I've been gone? I know. Yeah. Best we could do in two hours. He's got a boatload of cadets, right? That probably don't know what they're doing. Uh, I would say they're lucky to have partial main power. True. So, um, so back to the thing about the 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 lift. You know, the not working. We can't, we can't leave it alone, can we? No, no, no. I'm I'm just I'm extending it to, through the minute. So Spock says, you know, they're not they're not operative below C deck. Mm-hmm. As we progress to about. 30 seconds in, they come out of a turbo lift onto the bridge. Okay. So they must go up a level to deck B, I'm guessing, or to level B, and then they're working. So they, they go back up in the in the turbo lift. So they got to take the stairs from C to B? So that scene, which segues perfectly to the, the cut scene uh, that was uh, in the director's cut, but not in the theatrical release. So... After they run down the hall and Spock says, best we could do in two hours, this is a scene of Kirk, Spock, and Savick. And they're actually crawling through uh, a, a, like a funnel and uh, go, walk, climbing the ladder to the deck above them. Wow. And Kirk wow. actually says to Spock, he says, that young, that, that young man, he's my son. Obviously referring to David. And Spock responds, fascinating. <laughs> So there's so a little again, bit of, so that gives you a little bit of context now in the director's cut that um that how they got from deck C to B was up a ladder. Up a ladder. Okay. That does help. And again, there's no so John, one of the things we've been talking about is we're still trying to figure out when when does David learn David the character? When does David learn that Kirk is his father? We still haven't seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, but so that that cutscene did nothing to help. It did not. So the uh, the shot of Enterprise uh, floating, hiding below Regula. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put on my sci-fi nerd hat for a second. And have you guys ever heard about you know uh, people complaining about oh you know science fiction? Uh, whenever you see a, a ship orbiting a planet or something, it's always you know with the 
the bottom of the ship is facing down, right? It's facing right. towards mm-hmm. the surface of the planet. Um, and they're always complaining about it because, uh, well, in space, you know, there's you know, there's no up or down, so they can really be facing in any direction and still orbit a planet. Um, uh, I wonder if people notice that in that sh- in the shot of Regula, Enterprise is upside down, essentially relative to Regula, right? Yes. Sure. Uh, so there you go, nerds. Well, obviously they did that because of perspective. They just did it so Enterprise is not upside down relative not upside to down. the frame, yeah. right? But um, – it's still anyway, a great I just, shot. I just, it is. It's very cool. And then you get this, you know, like we said before, I think we talked about it before already, right? The, the, as, a, as they pan up and the music swells and swells and swells and the con theme. Yep. Now about that pan, they're, mm. they're, uh, they're cheating on that pan, aren't they? Like the, you start at the bottom of the planet and they pan up and then you get to the top of the planet. But if you pay attention to like how fast it's moving, you don't actually see the whole planet. No. Yeah. You see a lot of darkness. Which... I have to admit, I watched that scene so many times in preparation for this that uh, be- between the texture of the bottom and the top, like it started making me think of a uh, a whoopie pie. <laughs> and uh, we had some leftover cake in the house, so I had to go eat a slice after watching this minute many times. Nice. It's, Actually, it's, it makes me think of that Japanese hamburger that they came out with from Burger King that had the black buns. Oh. Like, now that you're thinking about food, that totally is what, exactly what it makes me think of. Well, that doesn't sound as appetizing as the whoopie pie. No, it does not. It does not at all, because I, like, I was excited about the whoopie pie, and now I'm totally grossed out. <laughs> well, I've, I've done my job. So, so we yeah, went, John, so we went yeah. uh, from the bottom. We went with the whoopie pie at the bottom with the uplifting music, and we went to the top with the the uh, Burger King burger where, you know, everything gets shrill and, yeah. and scary music. We can call it the con burger now. Nice. Yeah, so based on that pan, then Regula is shaped like a football. It looks like it. Yeah, it does. It definitely. Uh, there's something off about the the pan and scan there. Yeah. Now, if we go back just one scene when they're in the bridge, my nerd moment because I actually used to work on fire alarm systems and stuff, so I was kind of around extinguishers. Yeah. <laughs> I was noticing that they've got extinguishers there. Um, I wouldn't have said anything if they were all red, but there's one yellow one in the bridge. Yep. Yep. And uh, I tried to do some studies on like the early '80s and what the standards would have been, and then I started boring myself, so I stopped. But at least today's standards, a yellow one would be a Class D for combustible metals, which Ooh. you could make an argument for that, I guess. But Class C is for electrical stuff, and you, you would almost think that that would be the the one you'd want on the bridge. Do you know the color of a Class C? Blue blue okay well maybe they were trying all right well this might be i figured overall they've got a red one on the other side and a yellow one they probably just matching their color scheme and that was about as far as they went with it so was that so if we so we're i'm going to fast forward to the minute a little bit so we see the shot of everybody you know it's red alert and then on the left i see the reflection of the the canister and then obviously the turbo lift where they came in on the right was the yellow one so you're saying the one on the left is is red well, I, I couldn't quite tell, but it, it looks different than the yellow one. It does, yes. Hmm. We're gonna, perhaps we're gonna have to go, back, go back like 30 minutes. I know, that perhaps might be some homework <laughs> to go back and look at that. But there is, uh, even before that, when they're talking about the turbolift not working in the hallway, there's a red one there. 
Yeah, I saw that one. So I was noticing the different colors and just curious what what that had to do with anything. Well, I mean, I could see them having the yellow one there. I mean, there are combustible metal, metals. The whole thing's made of metal. Yeah. I just figured the consoles are always blowing up, so you'd probably want an electrical one there, too. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they get on the bridge, right? And, you know, Sulu, of course, is waiting, as he always does, for those doors open and be the first one to yell, Admiral on the bridge. Contest. And, uh, and we immediately go to battle stations. Kirk's wasting no time. No, he wants to. And I, and I will say that the station that we're looking at, where the condition red comes up, mm-hmm. I love that red alert, like where the whole ship is red and you can see it going down through all the decks and stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Agreed. Is that Cadet Todd's station? I believe it is Cadet Todd's station. Because <laughs> that's what the torpedoes and the weapon systems are. So here's a question. Oh, go ahead. Do you have I do. So they come in, you know, Admiral on the bridge, battle stations, tactical. Why is blonde-haired cadet in the captain's chair and not Sulu? Yeah, Cadet Croy. They put him in yeah. charge. What's up with that? He must be uh, uh, going for extra credit or something I today. Know. I don't he know. Was command. No, he's just an he's just a cadet, right? You should, you're right. I it think it would be cool, especially Sulu, where they're on high alert. You know, the Reliant is in the in the area. I figure you'd want your most experienced officer, you know, man in the man in the chair. Maybe he's the maybe Spock when he le- maybe yeah. maybe like those uh, in the previous minute those guys that were waiting with the uh, the other jackets and stuff the laundry guys oh. <laughs> maybe this guy is just the seat warmer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's your job on the? It's a what's bonus your job duty. on the Enterprise? I'm the seat warmer. <laughs> Fantastic. But he's like the top seat warmer. So I mean, he gets the captain's chair. That's that's the top seat warmer. All the other cadets are I jealous. Definitely. So what's what's Scotty doing on the bridge? Um, Shouldn't he be busy? <laughs> in engineering, you mean? Uh, yeah, fixing well, the Enterprise. They only have partial main power. I mean, is not enough for you? I don't think he should be. I don't think he should be done. I think he should be working his butt off until everything's back online. Taking a maybe breather. He just, maybe just he just hang. used the lift before they did, and he was testing them out to see if he can get him working them working on the sea deck or below. <laughs> All right, that's that's plausible. Speaking of Scotty, like. I have to say, I've always watching this movie. Um, I've always liked the uniforms in this one, but uh, maybe not so much the engineering uniform. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, is it the is it the moon boots? Or oh, the other? big donut on his chest is a little different. Isn't that where they plug in their uh, oxygen tanks when they uh, when they all went running when the uh, when the first explosions happen? Isn't that the little thing that they plug into? Oh, was it? It wasn't on, was his, it shoulder? on his shoulder. I don't remember. I hate these minutes when we come back to them. We forget what we said sixty-five <laughs> minutes ago. I know we're <laughs> terrible. We should do this faster. Yeah, I always think of, I always think of Tron looking at those suits, even though it's backwards. Yeah, I got I got to agree with Jonathan. I'm not a big fan of those suits. I will. You know, it's it's interesting though because I would say a lot of the people we talk to when you talk about Rathacon, that the the uniforms come up a lot. That's a lot that's a lot of people comment on, yeah, I really like the uniforms, really like the uniforms. But I think you're the first, John, that said you don't like Well, you know, I I think I like them if they're like a ready suit or you know, if they're doing something, obviously they are working on stuff now, but they seem to wear them like all the time. And that's you know, when that when that's your somewhat normal suit, then then that looks a little goofy to me. I don't know if I'd want to wear that. Especially standing on the bridge. Kind of looks like he's wearing a dicky underneath it on the top yeah. there. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I get it. You know, he's he's an engineering. He's dangerous materials. Like, or do you think he should be because he's the head engineer? He should he should just wear a uniform, and all the guys doing the grunt work should be uh, should be wearing these dangerous outfits. Yeah, but you know, Scotty, he's always got his hands dirty. He's always jumping in there. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. All right, do you want to talk about the tactical display? <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. You start that. No, it's fantastic. I mean, I love the graphics. I, I, I have yeah, nothing bad to say about it. I thought it looked great. I think it's. Uh, I, I I totally agree. I lo- love the display screens. I've got a little bit of. Uh, uh, I did a little research on them uh, that I need to share. So there's um, there's actually an Easter egg built into this display uh, that I learned. Um, so the company that I you know ILM did a lot of the the special effects for the movie, but they didn't do the displays uh, that was done by another company called uh, Evans and Sutherland. Uh, so they did all the tactical displays and I guess they did the star fields. Uh, anytime okay. we saw stars, they did that. Um, so the gentleman, the two gentlemen that worked on this display uh, went by the name of Steve McAllister. Uh, his nickname is Snave. Oh. If you look yep. at the bottom left-hand corner where it says nine mm. Snave six, uh, that's him. And I guess 69 is the year that McAllister started working for that company, Evans and Sutherland. Oh, cool. And then on the other side, uh, Neil Harrington is the other guy who worked on this display. So the other code is 2LeanB, and that's uh, Neil spelled backwards. So that's a B and not an 8? Maybe. maybe uh, sorry, it's an yeah, 8. Maybe he it's started eight, in 82? Right, uh, well, 82 oh, yeah. is the year oh, the movie came there out. There you go. Nice. I wonder yeah. where those were, and I'm so. glad you, you found that. I thought it was pretty cool. I was, oh, that's fun. I mean, how, how, uh, I love an Easter, I love a good Easter egg. And this is the only one that I, I once I read about this, that, oh, that this was an Easter egg. I'm like, oh, are there any more in the movie? And I couldn't find any other, uh, references to Easter eggs. So I always get a kick out of them. Very cool. So I have a question, another question hmm. though, about the display, you know, as awesome as it is, uh, this is supposed to, I mean, it's showing, it's showing Reliant and Enterprise, they're, they're, they're yep. orbiting, right? Do you think they're are they chasing one another right now? Or they don't know. They don't. Or Khan doesn't know well, they're there. We clearly yet, know right? he doesn't. I mean, I'm going to fast forward minutes. He knows he does not know where they are. I mean, he even said last minute, um, you know, where is she? So he has right. no clue. Which I think we even brought up last minute about the fact that sensor scan. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't you just done this? <laughs> Like the Enterprise put up a tactical display so they can see the entire planet. What's Khan doing? I remember getting a huge kick out of this when I when I when I watched as a kid, and I guess even now that you know Khan, you know, presumably what Khan is moving around the planet, yes. right? And so Spock has given the order to Sulu, hey Sulu, just stay, uh, you know, 180 degrees away from him. <laughs> you know, just make sure you're always hiding on the other side. Because that's really what we're watching, yeah. right? There, as as the display is spinning around, so are they. The ships are mo- actively moving around the planet, away from each other. I think that's just it's it's just a fun thing to visualize. I wish they showed the ships actually doing it out, you know, around the model of of, of the planet. I think it's interesting that that uh, on that display, only half of the planet has any kind of topical graphics to it. Yeah, thank you. As thank if you they, uh, as if they're. As if all their sensors are completely focused on the Reliant and what everything that's going on that side, and they don't really care too much about their side of it. I was thinking the same thing, and I'm glad you asked that question. Like, I almost feel like ILM like stopped halfway through. Oh my God, we're 
we're late on our uh, production schedule here, and we got to finish this. Oh, we only got half the moon done. Screw it. Just send it. <laughs> Wait, Ship I got to finish my little Millennium Falcon picture on the. Oh, I can't. And I'm glad you. I'm glad you oh, said that yeah. too because I was thinking the same thing. Because Chris had told me offline, he's like, "Oh, I found an Easter egg," and I'm like, "Oh, it must be the, you know, the Millennium Falcon." Look, you know, I thought to myself, "I'm like, it's it's got to be something to do with Star Wars because we've brought up references to Star Wars before, and it's probably that because it looks like the Millennium Falcon." And I'm like. Oh, I'm glad someone else sees it. It's not just me. <laughs> I I didn't see it till you just said it, but now I'll never yeah, be able to it's, unsee. It's like it. the it's like the iDick. It's uh, you you can't unsee the de- the Death Star. Yeah, right. But yeah, Jonathan, I think you're right. I think they they put all the their all their senses are just focused, right? So they're only getting to see half the planet. That seems that makes sense to me. Yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't make sense, right? <laughs> Um, this looks sloppy. It looks sloppy. We're not, Forget it. Why we're not we critical that? here at Rathacon Minute. <laughs> uh, I love Kirk's uh, response to seeing this. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> and let's see what we got. So Spock, of course, you know, she can outrun us and outgun us. He's he's always, you know, got the cheery news. Um, and then, all right, yes. Jonathan, where is the Mutara Nebula? What's the coordinates? I don't know that. So oh, <laughs> five three mark four. I t- I tested Dave offline. He knew it. I'm like you nerd. Well, that's that's <laughs> it, that kind of stuff. That's the whole reason why I never knew that uh, Temple of Doom actually took place before Raiders. Because like I when I was a kid, I never paid attention to any numbers or anything anyone ever said. So so like yeah, I didn't know that either. I only I only learned that I think through uh, the Indiana Jones minute <laughs> when they've been talking about it. I'm like, oh, it happens. It's not. After Raiders, yeah, one five three mark. Right. Whatever, whatever so that means. Back to I'm going to start at the beginning of the the phrase. So I, I get you know they've been damaged enough that they can be outrun, but how does he know that yeah. they can outgun them? Like they still have phaser power. They still. I mean, are there degrees of phaser power? Are there degrees of torpedoes? Maybe their phasers don't work below sea deck. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, didn't they only have, uh, they could only make a couple shots last time they used the phasers, so maybe they're just, phaser power is limit, very maybe, limited yeah. right now, rather than unlimited? That's a good question. Um, Kirk asked Scotty if they can make it inside, uh, so uh, that's a weird question, not just can we make it, you know, can, can we get there, but he's asking if they can make it inside. Well, he, he knows things about nebulas, so he would know that there would be issues. I guess so. He's uh, been around the block, man. He he knows his nebulas. I, I, I Scotty says the Energizer is bypassed like a Christmas tree, and and I don't want to totally take us on a huge tangent. Don't do it. But does, 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 does that mean I thought I thought in Star Trek and our future and everything that religions and everything had kind of gone away, and Ooh, we were all I didn't even you know what. Didn't even didn't even think of that. Didn't even register till you just said that. No, I I think it's I think it's perfect because what time of year did this movie come out? uh, Came out in oh god. I because uh, these a few minutes here, um, at least in my mind, there's a few different Christmas references, and that one's you know obviously he says Christmas, so there's that, but there's some other stuff later on. Um, But no, I my question about that was came uh, came out in June. Oh, okay. So it's not anywhere near Christmas. Um, 
What does that mean? Bypass like a Christmas tree. Uh, I just my well the thing that pops in my head is just like tons yes. of blinking lights. And, and I think it's the you term know, like, bypass or, that's bugging me here. It's like I yeah. almost feel like the energizers lighting up like a Christmas tree makes more sense. Oh, I was picturing you know when you got strings yeah. of lights right all over a Christmas tree, and I'm just I'm picturing Scotty. Scotty's been literally like pulling wires out of one oh, you know, okay. console and stringing it over here and plugging into another one just to bypass get get power from here to there because uh, something's damaged in between. So I'm pic- I'm picturing wires strewn about all over it makes me think of uh the christmas story oh well there's one too many (laughs) (laughs) right or scotty licking a light bulb before he puts it in so wait so jonathan did you say there are other christmas references this is the only direct one the other ones are just in my mind so i'll say (laughs) okay i'll try to remember to mention that when we get to there okay save it (laughs) um all right, and I just my, my other note, my last note that I had here was uh, Kirk's being a jerk again when he tells uh, you know Scotty says please don't give me you know not too many bumps and Kirk's like no promises on your way. He doesn't even look at him. He is no, he just dismisses him out of hand like just get me there. Yeah, the energized bicep is like a Christmas tree, so don't give me any too many bumps. No promises on your way. Dig down your hole. Down your hole. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, and then we get uh, Savick starting to tell us being why the uh, there's trouble with the nebula. Being the, the smarty pants. The nebula, sir, is all that static discharge and gas. And I guess we'll know more we in the next minute why that's going to be a problem. So that's all notes I had. How about you guys? Do you have any other any do notes not. for this minute? Um, no. I think, uh, you know, after looking back at it as we were talking about that scene on the bridge, it might just be the lighting. The other extinguisher on the other side might also be yellow. So it might just be lighting over there. So maybe the bridge has yellow ones mm-hmm. and the hallways have red ones. Yeah, I could see that. You're, you're talking about like very, the very, very near the end of the minute. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it does. It does look more yellow. Yeah. Shouldn't it be orange if they're shining red lights on it? How does that work? Well, they reflect. I don't know. Well, it's got that nice uh, burnt black background too. So I'm not sure. You, you know. You know what? When I when I started looking at this minute, I almost. Uh, kind of said, wait a minute, what happened to the big scorch mark when they came out of the turbo lift? But it, I, I'd forgotten there's yes. two there's two turbo lifts when they come out because um, I'm like, no way did they the cadets take time to clean that up. <laughs> um, all right. Well, cool. Uh, so, what, John, Jonathan, I had a question for you. Do you remember uh, – we've, we've talked to all our guests. Do you remember the first time uh, seeing Rathacon? Do you have any memories of it? I do or? not remember the first time. It seems like I should remember because it was a little bit later. Um, in all those other movies in the 80s that I never remember. Um, but but I don't remember the first time. I do remember, as far as watching the those original movies, um, you know, before Next Generation and all that stuff, I do remember that this was probably my favorite movie at the time because um, it had so many... I, I, th- I think what grabbed me was the uh, the little slimy bugs going in the ears. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even, you know, I was young enough. I didn't really know what was going on, except that it was just exciting and scary, and and uh, certainly wasn't boring. No, do we? You know, I don't remember if we've talked about this, Dave. Yeah. And, uh, we may have. Is is when did when did ever? You know, uh, uh, I think most people agree that Rathacon is like the best of all the Star Trek films, and I'm saying most. You know, and I, I know opinions vary, but generally. Um, but have we talked about like when did everybody? F- figure that out that it was the best was it just 
when three came out, everyone's like, oh, no, well, two was way better. And then when four came out, it's like, oh, God, two is so much better. You know what I mean? Did it just keep elevating in status? Probably. Or, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, 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 there's, there's lots of movies out there that, you know, achieve the cult status well after they're out of the theater. And, you know, you had the, the, the motion picture, which I think we, we agree that Flawed is an okay movie, but is clearly not as good. So you, so you start out bad, and then you come to this, and you're like, wow, this is what Star Trek movies really should be. And then, you know, we agree, I think, a little bit is that, you know, when you get to Search for Spock, you know, it, it took a little step down, and you're like, yeah, well, yeah, Ratha Khan just did it so well. And I think that's, and I think, yeah, like you said, just, I think that's when you start to realize, like, ooh, that is the, you know, it, you always keep comparing back to that one that seems to be the best. Like, Star Trek Four came, well, it's still not as good as Wrath of Khan. Yeah, you're right. I think that's what, I think, I think that must be what it was. We just keep holding, you just keep holding each of the new films up against Wrath of Khan and comparing, and it just, just doesn't work. It hasn't worked for me, at least personally. I've, nothing has uh, no, surpassed. I don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Now I didn't. I didn't really study this at at all. I just kind of happened to see some. The guy that directed this one, didn't he? Isn't he also a writer on, uh, you know, two, four, and six? Basically, I think he was a writer on four, but he's also the director on six. Okay. And did he have any? I guess that's the part I didn't pay attention to. Was did he have any connection with the other ones? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. So that could be why 2, 4, and 6 are on the better side. You're saying Nicholas Meyer is the Yeah, I, I, I guess so. From my tiny little bit of uh, looking into it that I did, seems to be the common denominator. Well, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, if we ever get to 6, we can uh, <laughs> we can talk about that. Or even, even uh, 4. Wow. Still so many <laughs> <Yeah>. movies <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, that's all. I'm um, doing a quick but, check, and he was the, you know, the screenplay writer and uh, – Director of two, screenplay on uh, on four, director and screenplay on six. So yeah, I think those and those are some you know out of the originals. Those are my those are my favorites. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that must mean that the new TV show is going to be fantastic because he is one of the writers on that. All right. Oh yeah. All right. Well, how about we wrap it up here, guys? Obviously, we could keep talking and talking, but we've got other sure. minutes to hit. Um, so, uh, uh, folks, if you want to find us online, uh, you can find us, uh, we're on Twitter at WOK Minute. Um, we're on Instagram, uh, but you can also go to RathaconMinute.com. Or, like Jonathan, you can uh, join the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation and join the conversation and uh, talk about the minutes that have passed or favorite moments from the film. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we're going to be back again here on Wednesday. Uh, Jonathan, can you join us again on Wednesday? Uh, well, after my birthday, I don't know if anything else really matters, but I think I, I can probably figure that out. Okay, great. All right, then we will all be back here on Wednesday with Minute 80 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute. 